Are you stuck in a movement or an exercise rut? If so, you'll want to listen to this episode of the Concast. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Connor here for episode nine of the Concast. I am a sports injury therapist practicing 45 minutes outside of Toronto, Ontario, in Canada. And for episode nine, I want to tell you a story of a patient of mine named Diane. And the purpose of this story is to really discuss a broader theme of the positive effects of movement, rehab, strength training, and really what we do for ourselves and for our patients. So for many years, I wrote for a local newspaper, and I probably wrote in excess of 40 to 50 articles over a five to six year period about a variety of topics ranging from stretches for gardening to developing running programs over the course of a 12 to 14 week period to talking about specific injuries, low back pain, etc. At the time, no one ever came to see me for from the articles. I got n- no business whatsoever. And that was fine. I wasn't really doing it for that, but I, I never saw anybody until December 20th, of 2013 when I first met Diane and she had brought in a newspaper article on back pain that I had written a few years prior and she had it in her hand and she said that she had been doing the exercises from it and it had been quite beneficial for her but she was still having some issues with her back and she wanted to try and alleviate some of those symptoms that she was having and at the time she was in her mid-60s she had quite a substantial scoliosis in her mid-back that she had had Harrington rods put in uh, many years prior but it had only improved it to some degree it had not corrected it and as a result of that she was or she felt that she was getting a little bit shorter, she was losing function, she was in quite a bit of discomfort, she felt like she was unable to stand up straight, she was having some issues with her bone density as a result of that from being less active than she would like to be, and she wanted some help to try and get back to a better lifestyle and a better level of functioning. What we decided to do was we decided to formulate a plan around movement and resistance training to try and help increase her function and increase her bone density. And we chose kettlebells as our weapon of choice. And we began a very slow, progressive movement journey, for lack of a better word, over the course of the last seven years. And... It's been quite remarkable, to say the least, as to what Diane has achieved for herself under my guidance. And I take very little credit and give her all the credit for 
merely sticking to a plan, working hard and taking things step by step each day, but making movement a primary part of her life and really taking very few breaks from that. Why I think this is so important in an aging population is that there are many people out there that think that as they age, they need to slow down and they can't do things like resistance training. While resistance training is becoming more popular in the aging population, there's still a lot of stigma around that in certain populations, not only in aging populations, but in female populations. There's this adage that if I do resistance training, I'm going to look big and bulky and I don't want to look like that. Therefore, I'm not going to do it. There's just such a benefit to moving under load that can no longer be denied by the overwhelming mountain of evidence that is continually put out about the fact that it improves quality of life. It will offset changes in bone density. It will offset uh, muscle loss through aging. It'll improve function, a whole host and variety of positive effects to it. For Diane, when we started, we started very, very basic. We started with some simple bodyweight movement patterns, squatting, half a Turkish getup or a third of a Turkish getup. Um, we looked at lunging. We looked at kettlebell arm bars, just things that were going to allow her to explore movement and improve her overall functional mobility. But in terms of the stress and strain on her nervous system, it was going to be minimal. And then we started to incorporate kettlebells over a period of time. We started with very simple things like heavy carries, carrying heavy weight under load. We then moved to pressing. We then moved to lunging. We then moved to kettlebell swings. And over the period of many years, she's been able to improve her strength substantially, where at now the age of 70, she can do suitcase carries with 35-pound weight. She's gone as high as a 50-pound weight. She's able to press a 20-pound kettlebell overhead. She is roughly five feet tall and roughly 110 pounds. And so she is a small woman, but very, very strong for her body weight, essentially. And in terms of the things that she can do, I know people that are my age or younger that are unable to do or carry or press the weight that she's able to at her age. So this idea that you know, as we age, we need to slow down or we, need, we can't make improvements. We can't make gains in strength. We can't improve our muscle mass. We can't improve our bone density. is just nonsense, frankly. And I think that teaching people to move in general is something that I'm really, really passionate about. But teaching people to move as they age is so important. And Diane then brought in a group of friends, of her friends, and all of them are now moving in the same manner. They're all using kettlebells. They're all using resistance. They have improved their function, and they've improved their confidence incredibly. At the beginning of their journeys, they would express to me that they might be apprehensive about not getting a shopping cart to go grocery shopping in case that they would pick up something that was too heavy. 
And now because they've been doing heavy carries, they're able to pick up, you know, really heavy things at the grocery store. Something as simple as that, we can't outweigh the importance of that. And that as people age and they lose the ability to do things that they once took for granted, it can become really depressing for that person. And giving them simple things like that back through strength training is so, so important. One of the big reasons why we should move as we age, but movement in general, is we can offset the effects of aging. We can still make positive change as we age. We can increase strength. We can increase muscle mass. We can increase bone density. We can lose fat. We can improve body composition. We can improve cardiovascular endurance and health. And while these changes might not be as quick to happen or as profound as when we were younger, they can still happen and need to be an important part of everyone's life as they're aging. In terms of strength, we can make specific strength gains. We can make profound strength gains over a period of time. So we can go from lifting something that is very, very light to lifting something that is extremely heavy. This will build confidence, which is huge for somebody that might be feeling the effects of aging or an injury. We know that in athletics, athletes identify with being an athlete and when they can't perform anymore, they fall into a depressive or an anxious state. So giving them things to do following an injury is really, really important for building confidence. Secondly, we know that as we age, we lose generally the proficiency of our vestibular system in terms of balance, which means there's an increase for the likelihood of falling. And we know that fall risks are a huge cause of injury. They're a huge cause of mortality as we age. And so allowing someone to explore movement, maybe it's not under resistance, maybe it's something like yoga or kettlebell progressions or teaching somebody to get off the floor or to roll over or to crawl these are things that allow the person to explore movement in a very safe environment it allows them to improve their balance it allows them to improve their vestibular system if the person's already having a loss of balance then they can make even more improvements so this idea that just because i've got poor balance now it doesn't mean that that balance can't be improved and improve function over time. Just incorporating a movement regime into their day-to-day activities can have so many positive offshoots in terms of balance, confidence, and how they're moving throughout the course of the day. This will improve overall function. So the, the incorporation of strength and balance will allow the person to maybe gain the confidence to go out and do something they haven't done in a while. Maybe they want to go hiking. Maybe they want to go skiing. Maybe they want to go on vacation, but they weren't confident enough to go on vacation. They had issues with their balance or their strength. So just improving function can improve their overall lifestyle and their overall social profile. Maybe they're not leaving the house because they're apprehensive about their balance or their strength and they're not going to do a tap class or a dance class because they don't think that they can do it and therefore they're going into this social isolation and we know that there are so many negative consequences to social isolation as well. The only thing that separated Diane from everyone else or these ladies that have come in or any of my other you know, patients over the years because it's not isolated to one but this story 
is one that you know I continually remember is they decided to do it and continue to do it it doesn't need to be two hours a day it can just be as much as 20 to 30 minutes a day to start it can be something that you enjoy it doesn't have to be something that you don't enjoy to begin with let's be honest doing something is better than doing nothing if you're not going to weight train but you're going to get up and go for a 30 minute walk getting up and going for the 30 minute walk is better than doing nothing what i want to do with this podcast is i want to start a challenge a movement challenge for the next 30 days i want you to move for 30 minutes for 30 days straight I don't care what it is, whether it's weight training, whether it's cardiovascular training, whether it's a combination of both, whether it's yoga. I want you to explore movement or training or rehab for the next 30 days for 30 minutes. This will allow you to start to create a habit. And there are no excuses here. It's not that should I work out two days a week and you don't work out Monday, Tuesday, and then you you wait until Saturday, Sunday, and then you forget and you fall off the the wagon, so to speak. This is very simple. 30 minutes, 30 days. Every day, go down to your basement, set a timer for 30 minutes, put on some music, put on a podcast, and start moving. Go out for a walk. What you will find is the more this goes on, the more you will start to crave those activities. You will start to create good positive habits around them. That might spark you to get more into something you've been interested in, like resistance training, or a class at the gym, or joining a gym, or going out with a group of friends for a run. Over time, this will become part of your new routine. I hope that this podcast allows you to start the challenge. If you're on social media and you're doing the 30 minutes for 30 days challenge, feel free to tag me in social media. I'm happy to repost on my social media to help encourage you. What I want to know in the comments is what are you going to be doing for your 30 days? What is your activity of choice? continually update me along the way I'll be there to help motivate you as well as hopefully other listeners to help motivate you I think that this is a great opportunity to create more Dianes in the world I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast as always if you have any comments leave them underneath the episode have a great weekend folks and we'll see you in the next one